This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm on location today in uh, sunny Denver, Colorado, and I'm at the Active Healthy Living Conference that's put on by my new friends at Heart Zones USA. I've just completed the Level 1 Cycling Certification Program, their Maximum Heart Rate Program, and I'm sitting with the presenter, Dr. Alinda Perrine. Welcome, Alinda. Thanks. Thanks for asking me to do this. This is exciting. Well, it was exciting to me, and just for the benefit of those listening, I first have to say I loved your program. Thank you, thank you. I try hard. <laughs> uh, everybody listening can hear that West Virginia twang, and, and I find it very easy to listen to. And not only that, for some reason from Minnesota, it just seemed to be very easy to hear. I understood your concepts very easily, and, and I appreciated that. Good, good, good. I think it's always fun when we get lots of different people together, and that's one of the things I love about presenting in various cities is that you meet so many different people with so many different accents, and uh, I certainly get to share mine. <laughs> How long have you been involved with Heart Zones? Uh, since about 2001. I actually uh, went out to California in 2000 and met with Sally, and I was getting ready for a ride across America. So I wanted to ride my bicycle across America and learn the Heart Zones training system, embrace that system, and use that system to uh, ride my bicycle three thousand miles in about 30 days amazing you know i've heard about that too and i keep thinking well when would i find 30 days when i could do that but then i even think further i say when would i find the time to train for that tell me about real quickly how did you go about your training well i think always once you get into an event like that part of the training happens there because it's very difficult to put that kind of training and still work we trained every day with long rides on weekends, of course, and then about 35 miles per day, you know, five days a week, four days a week, something like that. It was an incredible journey, and all I can say is that everybody should find those 30 days in their life to see America in a totally different way. It's really amazing to not only feel your body change in, in the ways that it does, but also to see the mental focus that you have and to meet the people that you never would encounter in your life had you not been on a bicycle. So I'm all about bicycles. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, and you say 3,000 miles in 30 days, so mm -hmm. you were literally riding a century every day. Yes, practically a century every day. We did have a couple days where we did some sightseeing and we're off the bike, so then we had to ride, you know, 128 miles, but um, but it's very doable, and uh, there's a slogan that I have on a sweatshirt that says, eat, sleep, and cycle, and that's exactly what you get to do when you take on a task like that. I am an endurance cyclist, and I've ridden all the roads in Alaska and just some really fun fun things in life. I'm going to ride across America again, hopefully this summer. Well, so. that sounds neat. Level 1 cycling certification that I just went through yes. was actually different than what I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. Prior trainings that I've taken have been really focused on presentation skills, entertainment skills, a lot of things that as a cyclist I kind of looked at as nonsense. Mm -hmm. And yet your program was completely different. It was really focused. Matter of fact, we spent the majority talking about proper training in heart zones. Right. 
Just tell the listeners just a little bit about how that's all structured. Okay, the day usually looks like this. The morning is educational-based with regard to you know, facts about maximum heart rate, what type of assessments are really important for you to understand where you can use a heart rate monitor and really get that data. So looking at things like trend data versus specific data, you know, those kind of things become very important. The second part of the day is all about assessments. How do you learn to use a heart rate monitor and do these assessments on yourself? Some people are, you know, test, or how do you as a cycling instructor use these assessments in your classes or before your classes to really find out how fit are your athletes? Is this the type of workout they really need to do that day? And then, of course, the third part of the day is application in the cycling room. Now, we can apply these same techniques to personal trainers, to coaches. So it's a, it's a great way in one day to really learn how to use the heart rate monitor and to know what the numbers mean. Uh, I think one of the things that you were most impressed with, or at least we have had conversation about, was testing or, attest- or assessments. I use that word interchangeably, testing and assessments. One of the things that I think you were really shocked at were some things called the ambient test, the delta test, that measures relative stress on the body. Uh, and I was, and you're going to explain it here momentarily, but just so that everybody understands, one of the difficulties I've had as an instructor is communicating to my class, if you're feeling good, it's time to work, and if you're not, it's not. I've just been powerless to be able to describe it, and yet you have a very interesting test that can be conducted in five or six minutes, I think, to really determine what your level of, say the word, how would I describe it? Well, your preparedness or your readiness. Okay. The floor is yours. Explain this. Okay. All right. Well, the first thing I'd like to talk about first is the Delta test. And the Delta test I often use before a long ride or if a very hard workout. And the Delta test in medicine is known as the orthostatic test. And what happens is the client lays down for two minutes. Of course, you have your heart rate monitor on. You have to remember, everything is done with a heart rate monitor on. So you lay down for two minutes. Look at the heart rate after two minutes in a lying position, being very quiet. Then stand for two minutes. Then look at your heart rate. Take the difference between the standing and the lying down. Look at that number. There is a scale that you want to look at. If that number, if the delta number, the change number, is in the 20s or in the 30s, then it's going to tell you a lot about how you need to either back off that workout or maybe you don't need to do a workout at all. If the number is relatively low, say between 5, 10, 10 to 15, then it tells you that the body is pretty prepared to work hard. So if that's a day that you wanted to work hard intervals or if you need to do a very long ride, your body is prepared for that. I always laugh when I tell this story about riding across America. There was a kid by the name of Nick, and he rode with us, and of course I was trying to teach him heart rate on day one and so about oh he listened but you know he was the scout and he would go you know zones four and five and he would have to be ahead and he would always say to me see you at the rig because we have this rig that that we stay in at night and so anyway he'd always say see you at the rig and I'd say okay I'll see you there so I said to my husband I said, I wonder when the kid's going to burn out, because he was 20 years younger than we were. About four days later, Nick comes to me and he says, Linda, I am feeling 
really terrible. I think I'm getting the flu. I knew maybe he was a little underhydrated, but I also knew that he had also been hammering zones four and zones five. And, you know, he was just overtrained in, in a very short period of time. So anyway, I said, well, Nick, tomorrow morning, we'll do this test and we'll, we'll, we'll see just exactly how ready you are to ride. So the next morning we did the Delta test. The Delta test comes back 36. This is an indication that he should probably stay off the bike that day. But this was a huge lifetime goal for him. He was 24, young. Their bodies are going to recover a little quicker than um, you will at a different age. So Nick said to me, Alinda, what am I going to do? And I said, well, Nick... He's got... 26 days left to go. Oh, yeah. He has 26 (laughs) days left to go and uh, more than 2,000 miles. (laughs) But anyway, long story short, I said to him, I said, Nick, the only way you can continue to ride is if you ride in zones one and two, which means he's going to ride very slowly. He goes, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I said, well, I'll see you at the rig, Nick. (laughs) So point well taken was that I had already determined at what heart rate I was going to ride. And I certainly was not going to be pushing it every day because I knew if I did, then um, I wasn't going to make the trip. Looking at my heart rate, and I can honestly say that I rode according to heart rate, not according to pace or speed or, you know, it was strictly according to heart rate. Of course, I have a a cycle computer on the bike and I'm looking at my speed, but I am not focused on that speed. And one of the beauties is as you get fitter and fitter, you will see that your heart rate will lower and your speed will either stay the same or it will improve. And as you do that, you know you're getting fitter. So by the end of the trip, the speed was definitely increased. The heart rate was a little lower you know, we were sailing along. In fact, when we finished, we were so focused on riding that it was like a withdrawal. And and I can remember coming back to uh, my bicycle store and thinking, oh my gosh, I can't multitask anymore. All I can do is eat, sleep, and cycle. <laughs> That's perfect. You brought that up. You're the owner of Free Spirit Adventures. Yes. And you are in Caldwell, West Virginia. What's what's Caldwell, West Virginia? Well, Caldwell is not even a stopping point in the middle of the road. Uh, it is actually between two towns. Uh, one town is called Lewisburg, West Virginia. The other is White Sulphur Springs. It's in a beautiful resort area. So we have the Greenbrier River Trail. So there's a little promotion for those of you who want to ride a 75-mile bike and hike trail by a river that is absolutely gorgeous and still swimmable, maybe not in the middle of the winter, but in the summer. Our bicycle business, we're 20 years old in that bicycle business, and we service that entire Greenbrier River Trail, allowing folks to ride up and down the trail, and it's a bike and hike trail state park. So come to West Virginia and have some fun and swim in the river. Oh, it sounds wonderful. Now, and you also provide performance-based training. Absolutely. We have a cycle school at Free Spirit Adventures. People come from all over. We've had people from Trinidad, St. Thomas, you know, we... Oh, we come on. You mean people from those beautiful places actually come Come to there? us just to come to cycle school. And one of the things that we do, my husband and I own this business together. One of the things that we do is we take people outside on their bikes. You know, we use power taps. We use heart rate monitors. And if somebody has never ridden with a heart rate monitor, that client is just as important to us as someone who may be training for, you know, some very important race. 
race or something like that. So we really focus on all levels of training and even just people who are beginning and have never ridden a bike and really don't know how to pedal the bicycle. Clip-in shoes, that's a very... Oh, yeah, that's a challenge. That's a challenge for a lot of folks. We were talking earlier today, when we're recording this the day after, um, but I'm planning on taking the CycleOps Power Program today because a previous podcast we did with the representative from CycleOps pretty much sold myself and Jennifer Sage, my co-host, on the whole power training thing. Mm -hmm. And you're also doing that, correct? Absolutely. We do uh, some power training. We start with heart rate because I think that it's the easiest way for most people to understand their physiology. People can understand what they can see on their wrist, and they can become very familiar with heart rate quickly. So I, I like to start training with heart rate, and then I add power. So I am very, uh, I did a training with Angie Stewart, probably the mm-hmm. same person you That's did. Angie, yeah. She was just excellent, and uh, I would recommend her for anyone who is seeking power training with um, heart rate or with metabolic testing. I like to start first with heart rate. I think it's a little more simple system, and then with my athletes, I like to, to add power. But everybody has a different feel for how they do things. That's just how I approach my well, and, and that makes perfect sense. I, when I was a cyclist, you know, I just first started riding. And then all of a sudden, well, maybe I'll start to try to do a race here or the criterion here or there. And then, oh, my gosh, and then you start adding technology. Oh, I need new wheels and I need a different bike. And then your training gets more and more focused. And right. Just a logical progression. I see that as uh, exactly how you would go about it. Yes, and it you know, just depends on what school of thought that you come from. I like heart rate, too, because it's something that is constant. And you and I had talked about the ambient heart rate, which is that heart rate. I, and I don't mean to deviate, but I always think that a heart rate monitor should be worn during the day just as much as during your athletic event or your training because that ambient heart rate, that heart rate which... When you're sitting and you're not uh, necessarily engaged in heavy-duty conversation, but that heart rate that you can measure just under a normal, hopefully stress-free time is very important for you because that ambient heart rate, usually somewhere in the 60s, 70s, 80s, is a huge indicator of how much stress can be on the body. When you see that ambient heart rate going to 90, 100, then you know something's going on with you. Is your immune system breaking down? You know, are you under undue emotional stress? What is going on with you that you maybe need to change your workout a little bit? And again, that is a way that you can say to your clients, or usually they'll come to you and say, I don't know what's wrong with me. My heart rate's 10 beats higher than it normally is. That's a huge indication that something is going on with that person. You know, unlike a power meter, that's not going to tell you all day what's happening with you. Mm -hmm. You know, a power meter is good during the time that you are in that event or you are in that training program. But a heart rate monitor will tell you what's going on with you all day long up until that time that you get ready to get on that bike. And even then, I thought it was interesting yesterday, too, looking at the difference with digestion after everybody had had lunch and everybody saw their heart rates go up at least five beats as we started the class. So that was pretty cool. That was really cool. I'm spoiled. The, The organization I teach for is very heavily invested in heart rate based training. Mm -hmm. Heart zones, we have heart rate charts up everywhere in our club. And yet I'm finding as I talk to people here attending the conference that that isn't true everywhere. Once you understand how 
maybe critical isn't the right word, but how, how very important and how very beneficial Heart Zones type training is, there's an opportunity for people like you to come to an organization and actually train in-house their instructors. Can you explain a little bit of that? Sure, and I really like the fact that you made the point how important it is for people to start looking at true charts, not the 220 minus age charts. <laughs> right, okay, right. So I think yeah. that's really important that we start to really look at the truth about heart rate and how to train with heart rate and that clubs get very focused on the education that they can provide and not necessarily the performance that is provided. I, I always love a good cycle class, but I always adore a cycle class that really teaches me something. So, and I think that's important and I think that's how we keep people interested in what our purpose really is as instructors and not performers. Yes, one of the things that I do is I travel all over the United States. I've been very blessed with the opportunity to go and train instructors in clubs. That's one of the great parts about my job is meeting all the really fine people, the dedicated people, the people who really want to embrace training systems and discuss different types of systems. But what I do is, and you can contact Heart Zones or you can contact me, I come into a club, train your uh, instructors or your personal trainers, and then try to help that club get on the right track to implement classes that involve heart rate. I will be including all of Belinda's contact information on the post for this podcast. Along with, I will try to create a PDF with the description of the ambient delta test so that you can have that. Alinda, thank you for joining us on the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. I'm going to give you two thumbs up for your performance yesterday. I really enjoyed it. Good. Well, I enjoyed having you in class. It was fun. Thanks. Well done. Okay, we did it. Well, that was my first podcast ever, so thank you for that opportunity. Oh, you're welcome.